Kaden Kopiar acknowledges the traditional owners of the land that this podcast was recorded and produced on, the Wurundjeri and Bunurong peoples of the East Kulin Nations. We pay our respect to their elders past, present and emerging, and we extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Welcome to The Press Office with Caden Copiar, the podcast that gives you an exclusive and unfiltered look behind the scenes of the Australian media landscape and public relations industry. I'm your host, Marissa Jane, and if you are dreaming of a career in public relations, are an aspiring journalist, or simply just obsessed with all things digital and traditional media, then this is the podcast for you. In today's episode of The Press Office with Caden Co. PR, I am joined by the lovely and effervescent Emma Friedman. Now, Emma is a true powerhouse in the world of sports media, taking on roles in the TV and radio industry, as well as using her platform to become an ambassador for a number of brands, including one of Caden Co. PR's very clients, Lexus Australia. In this chat, Emma shares some really honest takes from her career, including some of her extraordinary highlights, how she has managed to find balance with bustling work demands and raising two young children, how over the years she has found the best way to work with PRs, and her advice for anyone who wants to be the future Emma Friedman. Now, let's get on to the interview. Today on the press office with Caden Co. PR, I am very thrilled to be chatting to one of my ultimate girl crushes in the world of media, Emma Friedman. So firstly, welcome. How are you? Oh, Marissa, that is so nice of you. Thank you so much. I'm really well and so excited to be joining you guys. Um, I've known you for quite a while, but I've known Kate for probably the better part of, of 15 years. So um very excited to be on a podcast that is under her under her banner. I'm going to throw it straight to you to get started. Do you mind introducing yourself, what you do and how you got to where you are today? My name's Emma Friedman and I'm a media performer, I guess. I work in radio and television across sports, so mainly horse racing with Channel 7, AFL as well with Triple M and have just also worked on the AFL as well with Channel 7 leading into the grand final and do all kinds of other sporty bits for Channel 7 like the Olympics and Commonwealth Games and the Bathurst 1000. So yeah, my brief is all across sport. I'm also a mum of two very young children. So William is three and Edie is nearly two. And I got my start in the game. I did a degree in um, communications at RMIT University and also started working at the age of 18 at 3AW, a, a huge radio station in Melbourne in sport production. So that's where I started and from there have done a lot of different jobs and worked in production, worked on air and yeah, now at the age of 34 have found what I really love in life which is sport and sports broadcast and telling the stories of um, athletes not just from Australia but around the world. You sure have some epic career highlights in there and we will get to them but you wear so many hats on a day-to-day basis from TV and radio presenting, being an ambassador, being a writer, a mum 
What does a typical day look like for you? Oh, Marissa, so Monday through Wednesday uh, with my children. So I'm literally like running around in a mum bum and trying to get them to swimming lessons or gymnastics. I'm trying to, you know, avert meltdowns about cutting a banana the wrong way. (laughs) And all the while trying to probably, you know, keep up on my emails and phone calls throughout the week because even though I only actually work three days a week, it's probably should be more like five. So I um, have to cram in a few phone calls in the car when we're driving places or when Edie's napping. Um, And then Thursday, Friday are the days I shoot or the days I do my research, the days that I have meetings, um, if I'm hosting events, if I'm writing, it all happens on Thursday, Friday. And then on a Saturday at the moment in this time of year, I mean, my schedule changes throughout the year a lot, but in spring racing, the it, we really change now into, you know, Saturdays being the, the, the big day on air with Channel 7 from 11am to 6pm. So that kind of um, on air time requires us to do a huge amount of research and form leading into that day. Um, also travel to wherever I'm broadcasting from. So this weekend it's Melbourne. Um, so yeah, it's pretty busy. And then the rest of the time is, you know, trying to see my husband and my family and getting up super early to be able to fit in my exercise, keeping the house running. It's a a pretty crazy life and lots going on, but try to balance it as best I can. You certainly sound busy, but it does seem like you do have some sort of a balanced life. Do you feel like you do? Yeah, I do. I think I do. I've got the balance right for me at the moment. I love having my days with my children. They're so young that I want to be there for them to grow up during these really important years in their life. Obviously, I've worked weekends for nearly 15 years. So that's probably the only part of my life that some people would look at and go, oh, that's really strange working weekends, but I've never known anything different. My family's only ever worked weekends for the last, you know, 60, 70 years um, being in racing and, and in sport. So that's not unusual to me. It does take some people a little bit of adjusting to go, oh, like you work, you work Saturdays, like that's not a weekend for me. Yeah, I think my balance of my life is as good at the moment. I'm doing enough work, the work that I really love. So it's quality work. I'm working with great people and great brands like Lexus as well. So that's a partnership that's been around for six or seven years now. And it's one that I really treasure. So yeah, I'm in a good space. I feel like you do have it right. And as you mentioned, you do work mainly across both TV and radio. How are the two mediums so different? And I will ask a very tricky question. Do you have a preference? Oh, yeah, they are different mediums, hey. But in terms of what I do in sport, they're not too different because sport is all about immediacy and it's what you see in front of your eyes. So um, obviously in TV, if you work in a show that is pre-produced or pre-shot before it goes on air, not live to air, that's obviously super different to radio, which is a, as soon as you say it, it's live on the airways medium. Um, But that's the same with me with live sport. So the only difference would be um, when I'm doing radio at the moment, which I'm only doing a little bit, I've done a lot in the past, you know, hosting breakfast radio and um, hosting Saturday morning radio as well. Um, The only difference is when I'm, say, doing a boundary shift for Triple M, you have to really describe what's happening, you know, on the field. You can't rely on uh, the TV pictures to tell the story. Your voice and the way you describe things has to tell a story. But in terms of the way I prep for it, the kind of people I work with, that's all fairly similar. So I think with sport, that's why you see so many people work across both radio and TV and sport because they're not totally different. You still 
have to you have to think about the medium obviously with tv you'll notice if you watch a a game of football there's more pauses there's more breaks in the commentators um, voices because they sometimes let the pictures do the talking but in radio you don't have that as a luxury so you have to fill those gaps that's the only difference that I find at the moment and do you have a preference oh yeah that one (laughs) I'm loving telly at the moment I'm having a great ride with Seven currently doing so many different things and a lot of my career highlights over the last 18 months have been on air with Seven doing the Olympics, two Olympics and a Commonwealth Games and then um, you know so many great Group 1 race days as well. So at the moment it's probably telly but you know next year it might be radio, who knows. But I love them, I do love them both. I do really, really love them both. And speaking in terms of television, like even over the past 12 months you've done the Olympics, I, I said that you were doing my favorite day of the year the brown low red carpet love that how do you decide what you want to work on and then going okay this is my goal and I'm going to obtain that role what is that process like well you get asked to do these things it's not it's not the same as so many other jobs you don't send in a cv or a resume and you know wait for the call um the olympics for me popped up the um tokyo 2020 olympics which were obviously held in 2021 as a result of the pandemic that popped up really late for me um partially due to border closures and a lot of staff not being able to travel and I got a last minute call saying would you like to to work on this and absolutely like I'm a yes person and Olympics is something that I've always wanted to work on so when Nick Barrow who is the executive producer of um, the Olympics at Channel 7 called me I I jumped at the chance at the time my little girl was only seven or eight months old so that was a big commitment to make for three weeks because an Olympics is it's three weeks on air, but the prep leading, I only had 10 days to protect, to prepare for it. So it was um, quite mental. In terms of like the other things, like I, I do have goals. My goals are just wanting to work on the best possible sports content that we have in this country and in sports that I love. So racing, AFL, going to Bathurst next week for um, my second Bathurst 1000 with seven, you know, that's one of the biggest and best sporting events on the calendar here in Australia like there's other things I'd love to work on in time I'd love to work on an Australian Open I'd love to work on a couple of big international sporting events I'd love to go to an Olympics I've only ever worked on them here in Australia Um, I'd love to go you know to some of the the big sporting events around the world whether they be racing like a Kentucky Derby or an Arc de Triomphe or I've been to a Wimbledon as a spectator never worked on one so um, I think when you work in sport you just want to work on the biggest and best events with the greatest team possible but in terms of like how do you decipher what you work on like I'm pretty much a yes person so at the moment I'm lucky everything that I've been asked to work on I've really really wanted to work on it's a privilege to be able to um, be part of those big events. And while we're talking about these incredible events do you have any favorite career moments and highlights? Oh good goodness. I mean, it's still going. I mean, I'm 34, so I don't think I'm over the hill just yet. And I feel like I'm only just starting to, you know, really hit a purple patch of form, so to speak. But the last year has definitely provided me with some some great career highlights that I'll keep close to my heart forever. I found an amazing on-air partner in Matt Shervington and we've done the Winter Olympics at the start of this year and then the Commonwealth Games. So we had some great times and we were a part of some 
some really big Australian sporting moments um, during both of those events. So that was terrific. I just interviewed Daniel Ricciardo last week, so that was definitely a career highlight. If you're an F1 fan or just a motorsport fan, um, he was a fascinating chat and it was a real privilege to go over to Perth and, and meet up with Daniel and record that for seven. In the past, like I did weather on the Today Show, obviously, for six years or something, and I had some great trips there and some great international trips with an an amazing crew that I absolutely loved. The Dancing with the Stars, which I loved. And then, yeah, at the moment, working on some some great racing um, and some great racing stories with with Seven, which I really enjoy. So it's not been too much. I could go on forever, Marissa, because I love what I do, and I think that's the real key to it is, like, I really love what I do and I love working in sports. So any day that you get to go to an office, which is the amphitheatre of a great sporting event, like I've, I feel really privileged and I, I don't take it for granted and I enjoy every second of it. You definitely have some amazing career moments. I can imagine everyone just sitting in awe, listening along. So congratulations on that. Obviously, it's due to hard work. I mean, there's hard work. Luck plays a big part in, I think, um, you know, timing of things, like the timing of everything. If the Tokyo Olympics had been held when they were meant to be held, I wouldn't have done it. I was like, how many months pregnant? Like seven or eight months pregnant. So like that's a weird like timing thing, right? That has just worked in my favor. Obviously I w- would love the pandemic not to have happened, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Sometimes there's those little moments you go, wow, if I hadn't have been in that place at that time, maybe that opportunity hadn't been um, afforded to me. But yeah, I think a, a lot of it as well is um, having great working relationships with people and um, making sure that those relationships are strong and really positive so that you do get asked to come back and work on things. <laughs> and of course, I have to ask, you are an ambassador for one of Caden Co PR's clients, Lexus Australia, and that's where I got to really get to know you and work with you. What does your role entail and why do you love working for a brand like Lexus? Well, it's a great, it's a great role, isn't it, Marissa? I've been so lucky to be part of the Lexus Australia family over the past few years. And my role is um, my role is varied. It really comes into its own during Lexus Melbourne Cup week. Obviously, Lexus is the, the naming rights sponsor of the Melbourne Cup, which is the race that stops the nation, a, a race that has such a, a treasured and fond and longstanding history. Um, so that's where the majority of work happens. But the rest of it is about, I guess, creating brand awareness, working with Lexus on some great partnerships that they have in place, getting to drive around in one of their amazing vehicles, telling the story of what the, the Lexus Australian ethos is all about, um, you know, sustainability, luxury. Yeah, it's an amazing job. Get to work with some great people yet again. Um, but yeah, the, the biggest and um, I guess meatiest part of the job is is during that really important week at Flemington where um, I'm with Lexus the whole week and entertaining clients, making sure that all the the customers who have been invited to those big days feel really welcome and pass on a little bit of racing knowledge as well in the Lexus Design Pavilion. So yeah, it's a pretty good job. And racing, it's obviously been a huge part of your life and it's something that you love. Is it hard working on something that you love? In one sense, if you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. But then also it's kind of nice to separate your passions and your work life. Yeah, I get that. I think it's probably different in racing though because racing is such an all-consuming sport. If you miss a couple of weeks from, you know, watching races or keeping up with results or, or reading you know stuff about spring contenders, whatever it is, you kind of, you fall back a little bit. So um, 
I think in racing in particular, you're best to be working in it if you love it because it does consume you um, whether you like it or not. If you like, I get paid to do it. So if I was just a racing tragic and just following it along, like you wouldn't get paid to do it. So I, um, I think with racing in particular, it's one of those things that um, if you do love it and you're lucky enough to work in it as an industry, that's the best approach because you don't miss a beat. You're always involved in in things and keeping up with um with results and um everything that's happening around the industry which is super important in a broadcast sense as well just looking at your role in a broader sense and your career do you think that there are any misconceptions about what you do I don't know I mean I don't I don't I used to have Twitter I don't have it anymore so I definitely don't read what other people say about me or my colleagues or you know the broadcast or anything like that but I reckon if you're on air say we are for the seven hours on a Saturday people might think that like that's it for the week like that's your working commitment for that broadcast whereas like I'm like doing form at the moment you know making calls and interviewing jockeys to put together profile pieces and working in production and having meetings with our producers like there's a lot of work that goes into a big broadcast and, and maybe people don't realise how much work there actually is. I think we're, we would be one of the only broadcasters in the world to do seven hours of uninterrupted content. Obviously, there's commercial content that goes to air in the way of ads, but you know we the team is on air for seven hours over the next few weeks and that is a massive undertaking for the whole team. So I don't know. I think also sometimes if you if you're a working mother, people think that you you don't see a lot of your kids. I see a lot of my kids. I see a lot of my kids, and they're at kindy today for the first time in a week. They only go two days, and that's partially my choice. I, I want them to be with me as much as um, they can. But I, I was happy to send them off today. If you get my drift, I was ready to get into work mode and ready to, ready to use my brain again. And, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely, it's like going back to the thing about balance. It's really important. And I agree, even working behind the scenes in PR, people don't realize how much work goes into that one broadcast or that one event or that one moment. There is so much work. Uh, it's an amazing amount of work that is, it's a real team effort to get something to air or an event, um, you know, to, to happen. And I see all the work that you guys do when it comes to the stuff that we do with Lexus Australia and yeah if you're setting up a photo shoot I know that it's not just ringing a photographer and and sorting out an outfit there is so much more that goes into that and it might just be one photo that lands on page three of a newspaper or you know it might be a few photos that ends up on social media but that has taken a huge amount of organization to get going and yeah I I think working, having worked in production, not in PR, but in production, radio and television, I, I understand that. And hopefully that makes me okay to work with you, Marissa. No, don't worry. I have no qualms with you. Oh, great. Good to hear. It's good to hear. If we had a future Emma Friedman listening along to this podcast, what advice would you give to those wanting to work in media and presenting? Oh, well, I'm always... When people ask me these questions, I'm like, oh, 34, like I just don't feel like I should be dishing out too much of advice because I've definitely made mistakes along the way and I continue to. But there's a few things that I live by my personal and my uh, working lives that I think have definitely helped um, shape a mind frame that I think is really conducive to creating great work but also being great to work with. And one of those things that I'll like tell myself on a 
on a big day or, you know, just reiterate from time to time is um, work hard, have fun, be nice. Um, I think they're three things that everyone can do and I think if you follow those steps, you'll get to where you're going. Um, in terms of like the nitty-gritty mechanics, I think you've got to find what you love and for me it's sport and it's taken me a bit of time to to get to where I want to be, like working pretty much exclusively in in sport. Other than that, I think the other thing that's helped me, particularly in the last couple of years, is realising this sounds, you know me as well, it's like I'm not like airy, fairy, like like a woo-woo person, like I'm not. But I have felt that like if you create a great energy and a great environment that makes people feel welcome and happy and positive and excited about what they're doing and you can impact a team that you work with like that, chances are that more will come from it. And it's not just, you know, wanting to be a a great presence, but it makes everyone's lives so much easier and your life easier as well. And I think that can lead to to bigger and better things if that's what you're after. But in the meantime, it, it makes work so much more fun and so much more enjoyable and pleasurable. So yeah, that's one thing that I've really focused on in the last couple of years is, yeah, it's just making sure that Everyone that I work with, and I'm not the team captain, I'm far from it. That's, I just see my, my role as not like not an energy giver. That is so weird, but you get what I mean. Like if I work, walk into a, you know, workplace, whether it be like on Saturday on track, like I bring the snacks, you know, I get everyone up and about. I just want everyone to have a good day. And like, if I, if everyone else has a great day, I think we'll all have a great day. So yeah, I think that's one, that's so weird, but I, that's something I have been, Um, working on and and focusing on a lot over the last little while. I think that's great advice and it really is applicable for any job in any career that you're looking at. And having a positive attitude is so important and bringing that energy. I'm a bit more woo-woo than you, so that's fine. I can can go with that. I'm catching your drift. But it is such a small industry too. People talk, people tell each other who their favorite talent is or their favorite PRs are to work with and vice versa. So if you're such a joy to work with, you're going to keep getting work. Yeah, I find that. And it's it's not just about getting work continually, is it? Like that's a great benefit of it. If, if people are saying, oh, she's great to work with, I'd like, yeah, get her straight away. That's obviously a great benefit, but it just makes life so much more fun and so much more enjoyable if you're, you're helping create an energy and a culture that people in, like to be a part of. So it's twofold. Obviously, it has the benefit of, you know, helping work progress as time goes on. But in the meantime, like, I, I mean, the other thing I wrote down at the start of the year, I sometimes write down a few things, just, you know, not necessarily big goals, like, because my industry is a bit, you know, you, you can have pie in the sky dreams, but, you know, they're, n- they're not always, you know, you, you can't get them straight away. They might have to be a five-year plan or whatever. But um, one of the things I, I did write down at the start of the year, and this is so mean, but it's so true, like I only want to work with good people. And like because I've worked with, I think we've all worked with people in the past, you go, oh, God, never want to work with them again. They are punished, right? So you want to be that person that people want to work with. But also I, I just want to work with good people because good people produce great content and they make everyone's life easier and they play their role in the team. And, you know, bringing it back to a football um, analogy, some of the greatest players we've ever seen have been true team players and seriously selfless, but they bring that that energy. So, yeah, I, I think of the broadcast sense, you know, especially my stuff with Channel 7, 
you're part of a team and you want to play your role, but you also want to, you know, bring the team energy up and make sure that everyone's having fun. Exactly that. Now, switching lanes a little bit, I would love some of your advice on how you best work with PRs. So firstly, is there a preferred way that you work with publicists? Oh, so I obviously have a management team um, to filter through requests and things like that. And that sounds so naff and bit arrogant but um it's partially due to the fact that I'm a mum and I like I, I I can't go through emails all day like I have two small children as I mentioned so a way that I prefer to work with publicists I am probably more of an email kind of gal because when I do get my working days I like to like get through the list of emails and respond as um, promptly and as effectively as I can. The other way I really, I, I do like, um, you know, if we if we have a job that's that requires a publicist to be on site, I like having a relationship with that publicist. Obviously, you and I have a relationship and a lot of the, the, the girls and guys at Kate & Co, I, I have similar relationships with as well. So for me, sometimes I get annoyed I think if I've got to do something and there's like too much to read, like that's not because I don't want to do the research, but if like a brief is like three or four pages long, I'm like, I don't like, this can't be that hard. Like, why is this so, why is there so much detail in here? Like, am I missing something? Like, do you get what I mean? So I think they're getting sharp and snappy and to the point and telling me what you need. Like that's the, that helps me. Obviously context is always important, but I'm kind of like, and maybe that's because my brain is like, this, it's so full of uh, like a billion things, but I like the the headlines. I like getting the headlines and what do you? Because if you tell me what you need, I can do it. But if, if if I have to if I have to sift through like three or four pages of like a brief, I'm like, what do I? What is this? Like I don't understand. So I think there's something to be said about brevity in the world of PR. I think that's a really good point too. And depending on whether it's you know for a media pitch or it's for an ambassador role right like you're going to you for a reason right and in the world of PR and especially post-COVID there's so much to say about being authentic and genuine and being like a real true ambassador for a brand or for a cause or whatever it is. Yeah I think with me and this is something that I've I've kind of done my whole working life is only really work with brands and you know publicists and you know doing those things that I really do believe in like I'm not going to pick up an ambassadorship for like a hardware store because I don't know enough about circular drills or circular saws or whatever like I don't like I don't even know what they are so do you get what I mean like I'll only work with brands or with concepts or with events that I I can see myself doing and so that that goes back to that a concept of authenticity and it's something that you know has been bandied around a lot the last few years that idea of authenticity and being your authentic self but what you see is what you get and if someone comes to me with an idea or a pitch that I find particularly engaging and I can really relate to then I'm all in like I'm all in I'll give it my all my energy and give it a hundred percent if it's something I'm not I'll probably say no because I just won't be able to to deliver on it and that's the thing like if you're being employed or asked to do something for a brand, for a company, for an agency, you want to give 100% because otherwise that's not fair on everyone else, is it? Exactly. That is so important. And what is the best way for PRs to build a relationship with you? You do, you did mention that's something that's quite important to you. Yeah, that's really interesting. All of my relationships with PRs that I've got that are really, really strong have been ones built on 
I guess, a mutual understanding of what's required in a work sense, but also there's obviously a um, there's a compatibility. Like, um, as I said with Kate, I've known Kate for a really long time and we met a long time ago and that was, first of all, a social relationship where, you know, go over to dinner at Kate's house or, you know, we go and have a drink because we liked each other's company and we were friends. So I think a lot of this is not the answer you probably ask, like wanting, but a lot of the um, the great relationships that I have in the world of PR have flourished from great friendships and maybe that's because we have similar values and ideals and we like the same things. But, yeah, like some of the other great contacts that I have in, in your world in particular have come about, as, come about because of um, friendships. So, yeah, I mean cold calling for me is I don't, I know it's part of your job. I don't love it. And I won't usually respond to it. Like I'm not massive on social media. I have Instagram. I don't have TikTok. As I said, I have a Twitter that's out there, but I haven't been on it for like eight or nine years, like a long time. I have a private Facebook that I look at once every two months, but I do say in my Instagram messages, which I check not often because I'm lazy like that, because it's just not something that I, I like it's not part of my job my job is not social media like it can be especially for if I'm working with something that I believe in but like I'm not an influencer so to speak like that's not my job title but I'll get like messages from PRs and they'll like ask me to do something and it's like why would I do something like hello hi my name's Emma what's your name like I think there needs to be a personal relationship before you ask me to do something right so I sometimes find that a bit like oh okay this is weird and I know that's the way the world probably works for maybe people who do that full-time but for me as maybe a more traditional media kind of person I find that a little bit like oh okay like can we go and have a coffee or like do you want to send me more information like I just find it a bit abrupt do you agree like that's the modern day cold calling isn't it like sliding into someone's dms yeah Yeah. I think too when it comes to building relationships all of the relationships I have in this industry have been either built over time and are really not forced I think that's really important too I think some people go out of their way to be besties with everyone and that doesn't really work too well either no I don't think it does and as I said those relations those really strong relationships that I have been built over time and they've got an element of friendship to them and maybe that is the time talking or maybe it's the common interests and values and perspective on the world talking so it's probably a, a combination of of both but um there has to be an element of trust as well when you're working with talent but also with a PR agency or someone working in PR, like you have to have a respect and a trust. And I I don't think, in my experience anyway, PR is not like like a one-time transactional, like a transaction. It's not transactional all the time. Like it's a long-lasting relationship and that continues to build and build and build and build if it if the proper steps are taken. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And before we get to our final quick fire questions, I selfishly want to know what what is next for Emma Friedman? Oh goodness, so I go to Bathurst next week, plenty of racing. Next year, I don't know. I'm probably still working with Seven, I hope. Like I'm doing plenty with them. So yes, like I'll be there uh, dealing more with my children who I love and spending more time with my husband, hopefully at some point. But yeah, I think work's busy enough working 
you know, with Seven and with Lexus and with Triple M and, you know, a couple of my other clients at the moment, I've got a good balance. So I'm not, at the moment, I'm not keen to shake things up too much. Um, I really enjoy what I'm doing. And maybe that's for the first time in my life, I'm really, one of the first times in my life, I'm really content with what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm not at the moment striving to, you know, change things too much or to to do much more because, as you said, the balance is so good. So um, more of the same because I love it and I found a little patch of grass that I can sit on and, and really enjoy everything that I'm, that I'm doing. We've just been through such a world upheaval, haven't we? And I've had two small children. Like when you get to this point, you're like, cool, I'm back, I'm working, I'm loving it, everything's good. Don't tip the boat over. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing more of you. Now, before you go, do you have time for five quick fire questions? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. Coffee or tea and how do you take it? A piccolo in a big cup. I know that sounds weird, but I hate those little tiny coffee coffee cups. I spill the coffee everywhere. So piccolo in a big cup, but I do drink tea as well. Emails or phone calls? I already know the answer to this one. <laughs> Emails. I mean, if I am driving a long way, I'll get on the phone, but day to day, sadly, time doesn't allow for, for long phone calls. What is your screen time? I looked at this so I looked at this when you first sent me this, uh, like this brief. So usually it's about three and a half, which I don't think is too bad considering that maybe 30 minutes of that is like playing music for my kids on my phone and, you know, taking the, like a long phone call each day. And I do a lot of my emails on my phone because I'm, if I'm with my children, that's, you know, I can't sit at the laptop. But last week I caught six flights and six days and my screen time was through the roof because I was watching, I was watching like shows on my phone. <laughs> so last week it was like five and a half hours, which was terrible. But there was two flights to Perth in there. I mean, I shouldn't be like, oh, but like it was, you know, five and a half hours. Oh my gosh, it's so bad. Like it wasn't great, but I was at airports a lot and on planes a lot. So yeah, it's usually about three and a half, I think. Is that okay? I don't even know if that's okay. I think that's fine. Mine's five and a half on a good day when I'm not catching flights. <laughs> there you go. But you're, you're, you're working full time. Like you're working nine to five, like full time. And you as a publicist are always on the phone. So yeah, when it got to five, I checked it like again yesterday. I was like, oh, geez, like last week's not been good. <laughs> and what is your most used app? This time of year, it's probably like a lot of racing apps, like, you know, like the racing.com app or like the tab app to check like my, my like my markets for what I do. Um, as I said, the only social media I'm on is Instagram. So that's obviously like good for scrolling at night. Qantas. <laughs> and my last question for you, what is your typical day in media consumption? Oh, that's good. If I'm at home with the kids, it's it might be a little bit of radio in the car. It's some, um, you know, checking racing or um, footy stuff like on like my browser of, on my phone. But if I am like today working, I'm watching replays and shows on my laptop, listening to radio um, via my laptop or via the apps. Oh my God, I'm so like elderly the way I speak about technology. So yeah, I'm a lot of like new surfing, not much. I don't, I don't absorb a lot of um, media via TV. It's only like live sports. So I don't watch the news anymore. I feel like I pick it up by scrolling through the day, which a lot of you know, 
new ages do. So, um, yeah, mostly no, not too many podcasts just for t- like for time. I'm kind of short hit kind of person, small short hits. But, yeah, day-to-day varies what I'm doing. But, um, yeah, my phone obviously plays a big part in it. Well, that about wraps us up. So thank you so much for joining me today, Emma. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me and you keep doing great work, guys. Um, I think this as a as a podcast is a great one for anyone wanting to or who does work in PR to get the insights of people like me who, um, you know, obviously deal day-to-day with um, PR agencies and offices. And, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's a, it's a great um, asset for people to continue their professional development. Thank you for listening to The Press Office with Kate & Co PR. Please subscribe, rate and review via your favourite podcast app and please give us a follow, like and share on Instagram at Kate Co PR.